0: Here's a little um, sidebar before the whole introduction thingy where I tell you that I'm Fez and this is the Fez Talks podcast. Um, It would really help out if you guys went and liked and followed The Modern Mom on Twitter and to follow her it's at The Modern and Mom trying to get her to 10,000 Followers on Twitter and any help that any of you guys can provide, whether it's your follow to her or getting your friends to follow her, it'd be greatly appreciated. Okay, back to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Fez Talks. I, of course, am your host, Fez. Today on the podcast, I talked to Skylar about Mass Effect, among other things. So, without any further ado, Let's get into it. So, one of the things that I thought was interesting that you told me is that, you know, you have tons of fandoms, one of which being that you like to costume for the first.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell, tell me about
1: that. Um, so when I was 16 years old, I wanted, I I came across the 501st because I wanted to do um, community service because I had to do community service for school back then. Um, And part of it had to have a creative component. And I was like, you know, I'd love to create a costume. And I discovered this group that they go out and they do community service, you know, in their costumes. Um, But unfortunately, you had to be 18 um, to be in the group. Um, at that point so I kind of put it in the back of my mind and when I got into cosplay when I was in college um, I had recently played uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and I was really into um, doing a costume of Darth Revan and uh, that's when I was like you know I know you know what maybe Revan is 501st eligible. And sure enough, Darth Revan does have a CRL, which is uh, short for Costume Reference Library, um, standard in the 501st Legion. And, um, and I got my costume approved in 2017. And I became a member of the 501st in 2014.
0: Nice. So mm-hmm. besides Star Wars, what are there, some of the other fandoms that you, you delve into?
1: Um the big ones for me uh Mass Effect and Star Trek. Um I also like BattleStar Galactica. Um anything that's like space sci-fi. Um I'm pretty well into. Except for Stargate. I haven't seen much of Stargate, but um that's kind of something that I want to change. Um but I'm a big sci-fi space opera type of person.
0: <laughs> so have you met anybody from Star Trek?
1: Mm-hmm. Um actually at Dragon Con last year in 2019 I met Anson Mount. Um and the first person I met from Star Trek was Michael Dorn. I met him at Phoenix Comic Con in 2012. Um I also met that year Mary Nicertus and uh Brent Spiner.
0: I'm going to correct you. You have met five people now.
1: I've met several. Um I've also, I also met Ethan Peck, uh, who is Spock in Star Trek Discovery and going to be in Strange New Worlds. Um, I, I met him as well in uh, 2019 at Dragon Con.
0: I was actually referring to me.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were, uh, you were with uh, New Voyages, wasn't that?
0: Yes. Oh, okay. I, I was part of New Voyages slash Phase 2, now the Star Trek original series set tour.
1: Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I've heard of those guys. I've always wanted to do that, but, you know, COVID, we're not going anywhere <laughs> this year. Um,
0: so. When when you do eventually go, mm-hmm. I've been a part of the group for, wow, like 11, 12 years. Oh, wow. No matter how many times you go and you see the sets, mm-hmm. it's like being like a kid in a candy store. Oh, I bet. And I've I've been there so many times, and I could I could literally walk the halls blindfolded, know exactly where I am. Mm-hmm. Doesn't d- doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big person that I've met, and I, I've met all those people, for the exception of Anton Mount and Ethan Peck, who actually came to our sets,
1: mm-hmm. I happen
0: I happen to miss those events.
1: Oh bummer! They're both awesome people.
0: <laughs> I've heard, and I'm so bummed that. I- <laughs> Based on the stories I've heard, but, uh, the big one that I've met is my idol, William Shatner, and I do him better than him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I've, I've never had the, the opportunity to meet Bill Shatner, but, um. I think he was at Denver Comic-Con several years ago, but it was one of those things where I was working with the 501st that year, like pretty much solidly all con and I had no time to myself. So.
0: Um, So today we're talking Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. So tell me how you got into Mass Effect and uh, what, which game out of the four is your favorite?
1: Okay. So when I was in college, I had my first major depressive episode in 2009. And, um, it had, it was late 2010. I had moved into a new house, um, off campus with a bunch of friends from school and it was fairly early in the fall semester. And I was just, I was just out of it. I was really, um, I was really just down on everything, down on myself. And my one of my roommates, he was like, Hey, you know, you like Star Trek, right? And I like Star Wars. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he said, You've got to, you've got to play this video game. And I'm like, dude, I can't play video games. Like, I've played Halo. I suck. You know, this this is not something that I do. And he's like, Okay, well, it kind of plays like a movie. So like come and watch me play it. So I went into his room and I watched him play. He was playing Mass Effect 2. And I was like really and I was like wow, I never realized that video games like you could do things like talk to the other characters or like choose dialogue options. Like that was a completely foreign concept to me cuz like my my whole exposure to video games at that point had been like PVP and multiplayer type uh MMO stuff and um and i never really thought that the rpg genre was a thing in video games and um and so one day uh it was a friday night he just plopped the controller into my lap and he's like okay you're going to create your character and you're going to play this and i was like oh okay i guess <laughs> and i did i created my character and i was up all night Playing Mass Effect Two, um, he didn't have the first one with him, but it was like back home where he lived. Um, but he had Mass Effect Two, and I played through Mass Effect Two. I think I beat it within a week, and I was like, you know, trying to fill in all the backstory from Mass Effect One as much as I could, like just reading from the wiki, and I was just so uh, became so obsessed with the lore, um, and it really captivated me and kind of helped pull me out of that depressive hole that I had been in for so long, um, for over a year at that point. And it really, like, ga- it was something that engaged me for the first time in in over a year. And so- Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game. So, <laughs>
0: I was waiting for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry about. I I totally forgot about that. But yeah, no, because that was kind of my first exposure, and because of the the, um, how. How triumphant! How awesome the suicide mission was. You know, the final mission at the end of Mass Effect Two, um, it just it it filled me with like such energy and such hope. And I I love that about it. And so Mass Effect Two will forever be my favorite.
0: <laughs> so I might give you a cop out answer. I think that my two favorites mm-hmm. are one are one and two, just because to me it's mm-hmm. like a, it's one story flowing through mm-hmm. and three doesn't kind of do it for me.
1: <laughs> so like I have a low hate relationship with three. Like there's so much to love about three, but like I think it really falls down in some major places. But You know, I'm not, I'm over it. (laughs) Like, that That argument, like, I left that back in 2012, you know?
0: (laughs) I I, I liken my feelings to three, to, like, the ending of Game of Thrones. Now, mind you, I've never Mm -hmm. seen Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. I just, knowing my brother and the rest of my family have seen it, and how disappointed they were, you know, that's what I kind of base it on
1: right yeah well and i think it's it's something that media struggles with a lot is sticking the landing um i think battlestar also didn't stick the landing um like i think by season four when i was watching uh the 2004 reboot series i was just like uh where is this going everybody's a cylon what the hell (laughs) um and uh so i think it's just it's really hard to stick the landing sometimes and uh and Mass Effect was another one of the victims of that. But um, you know, anymore, I kind of I play up to a certain point in three, and then I play the Citadel DLC, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. We had the we had the party, we beat the reapers, <laughs> everything's fine.
0: <laughs> did you ever play
1: Andromeda? I did play Andromeda. Um, I I have the remote control, Nomad, and everything. Um, I played it when it first came out. Um, it felt it was a lot more open world than the others. And I'm not really big on the open world um, video games because the, the more sandboxy types of video games, because like I have like some severe ADHD issue, <laughs> ADHD issues and um, I just get bored. Uh, and, but I really liked a lot of the little side questy things like um I liked kind of how they built Shepard's story into it a little bit. Um, I liked finding out all those little secrets that like uh, Alec Ryder actually knew about like Shepard finding out about the Reapers and all of that. And they're kind of like, well, good thing we're getting out of the Milky Way galaxy. Right. Um, And I thought that was, that was pretty neat. Um, And uh, there was a lot that I really liked about Andromeda. Um, Jal is actually probably my favorite, like, romance option in mass effect um i think his like romance story is really cute um but you know andromeda just it didn't have the same feel the same epic feel as the trilogy um but at the same time it felt very familiar um so i kind of i kind of have a love-hate relationship with andromeda too so.
0: <laughs> that's okay I, I, even even i have one with that um
1: mm-hmm. a lot of people do
0: you know what's funny is that you brought up the the romances in mm-hmm. Mass Effect, and you know in Andromeda maybe I'm just simple. I liked Cora,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: she actually reminded me of Tasha Yar. So
1: that she quite- does. She kind of has that. She looks like Tasha Yar, for for one. <laughs> um,
0: supposedly, I've always had a thing for blondes, but I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right but uh when we go back to the trilogy um I kind of wafer between Ashley and uh Miranda mm-hmm. and I say that because Ashley reminds me of somebody that I know
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then Miranda is always that that very cutesy British girl that you always want but you can never have
1: but you can't have uh, she's more Aussie I think because I I Yvonne is is Aussie. <laughs> there's a difference. There's a difference between an Aussie accent and a British accent. I'm I am an American woman. I know this.
0: <laughs> I'm an American man, and there is no difference.
1: <laughs> um, You're but, just like exotic. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but if so, you, yeah. but
0: if but if you had one from the original trilogy, whether who is it
1: oh goodness that's that's difficult because I have two that I do um, because like my with my main shepherd I go through and I romance I romance Caden in the first game then I romance Thane in the second game and I pick pick Caden's romance back up in the third game because that romance picks back up right after spoiler alert Thane dies so <laughs> It's easy, and I love them both. I really do. Um, I've met both Raphael Svarge and Keith Farley. They're both lovely humans, and um, I love both characters dearly. And I remember, ag- like when I was going through Mass Effect Two, the first time I ever played any of the games, um, just agonizing on who I was going to romance, because like you had, you had Garrus, who is like the dependable, and like. Dependable type, and then you had Thane, who was kind of the more sensitive type, and then you had, um, and I think, and you had Jacob, um, although like I kind of saw the videos on that one, I'm like, mm, seems a little, a little weird that romance. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it starts weird, but then it gets sweet, it's it's kind of like that, but um, I ended up romancing Thane, um, so I kind of like the way I play it, is like, but then when I played Mass Effect won the first time Caden really like stole my heart (laughs) so like the way I play it is like oh you know Caden is my 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 romance option in the first game and then he breaks my heart on horizon so I'm like screw that guy and I I take up with Thane and then Thane dies and I go oh I'm so sad oh Caden you're you're actually not hating me anymore so you know (laughs) so so I like heal my broken heart (laughs) in each game with with these characters it's it's funny
0: on a side note Mm -hmm. because you did bring up Knights of the Old Republic also made by Bioware
1: yeah I was a Karth romancer too on on Knights of the Old Republic and for those who don't know Karth and Caden have the same voice actor Raphael Sabarge and um I just I love that man (laughs) he's so great
0: who actually was on Star Trek
1: Yes, he was um oh gosh, what was it? He was the Maquis guy in Voyager. Yes. What was but his name? Right,
0: um right now my my encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek is failing me.
1: Right. Yeah, same. Um but no, yeah, no, he was he was the one that was that made it possible for Seska to take over Voyager in basics. Mhm. Yeah, huh. cuz he was the one that was feeding Seska secretly the uh, information. On Voyage. Michael yes.
0: Jonas now I remember
1: Yes Jonas that's right You're right
0: Um, I love Bastila
1: Oh Bastila Yeah there's there's that, that Mass Effect connection as well because Bastila Is Jennifer Hale Who voices female Commander Shepard mm-hmm. Who is The Shepard I roll <laughs> all the time Because she's awesome And she is also a wonderful person I love her I,
0: I always wanted to do more Knights of the Old Republic, but with, with that crew.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I think like when they announced SWOTOR, like people were hoping that they would like be back with that crew, but it's like a thousand years post Knights of the Elder Republic in Sotar so it's you know you get to see you see Satil Shan and you see Revan after he's like been held captive by the Sith Emperor for a thousand years and he goes freaking insane um but you don't you don't really get any callbacks other than that not that I recall it's been a long time since I've played Sotor.
0: I don't think there is
1: yeah no and like I don't like to think of I don't like to think about what they did with Revan <laughs> in <It's> Sotar. <dark. laughs> Cause for one, they made him like male, like default. And I played a female Revan. And and like just the thought that Revan was captured for a thousand years and went crazy and then like it's just like, why did they do that to my boy? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs>
0: it's, it's funny. In the expanded universe, they actually canonized that Revan was a male and then the mm. exile was a female
1: was female yeah from from Kotar 2 um uh, Mitra Zurich, uh was the canon quote-unquote I say quote-unquote because it's all legends now but the quote-unquote canon Jedi exile from uh the hero from Knights of the Old Republic 2 they call her Mitra Surik um and she is uh and she was one of like Reverend Revan's top lieutenants during the Mandalorian Wars. Besides you
0: know? besides the Malik.
1: Besides Malik, yeah. But like she was like, you know, one of those important people.
0: <laughs> um I was thinking the other day, like, you know, in my big Star Trek fandom and my Star Wars fandom. mm mm-hmm. You know, you have your main characters, right? Right. But you always have those secondary characters that you love. Like, from Next mm-hmm. Generation, I love Wrench Barkley.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Re- really do. And uh, my favorite Mass Effect side character is actually Joker.
1: Yeah, right? I love him, too. Um I, I think he did got re- done real dirty in Mass Effect 3. Um, you can tell that he changed writers. <laughs> um but yeah, I love Joker. Um, I mean, I'm a pilot. I actually have a pilot's license, um, and I really wanted to go into the military and fly uh, fly fly planes. But um, uh, medically, was not able to do so. So like, I really look up looked up to Joker as kind of like, oh, you know, you know, disabled people can actually fly in the military <laughs> in in the future. That would be really neat. Um, and uh yeah so i i'd have to agree with you i i, I love joker too
0: i'm not a pilot i just played one on tv
1: <laughs> yeah no one of my star trek adventures characters was the pilot um and she is the one that was definitely most like me so
0: um so i heard this rumor i don't know if you've heard it there's two mm-hmm. different ones One is that they're going to remaster the original trilogy for PlayStation 4 and 5.
1: It's not a rumor anymore. It isn't. No, they confirmed it on N7 Day, November 7th. The Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and with forwards compatibility to PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. So...
0: I, I'm excited because I, <laughs> I kind of wanted to, I, before we did this podcast, I wanted to go back and play my Mass Effect games. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find them.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I think I've bought the games like at least three times, once on P- PS3, once on Xbox 360, and then I've bought them for my PC as well. And I've been playing them on PC ever since, since I bought, since I got a PC that could run them.
0: Um. I never even told you how I got into Mass Effect <laughs> How did of... you
1: get into Mass Effect?
0: <laughs> well being the Star Trek, Star Wars Person like you
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, And video games being a Big part of my life uh, I uh, I Actually didn't get into it until after Mass Effect 3 had come out
1: mm-hmm.
0: And my best friend was like Jamie You need to go play this game It's so awesome <laughs>
1: Right? Yeah, it sounds similar to my experience. <laughs> I said,
0: uh, you realize that I have a big slate of TV to watch and a big slate of game
1: <laughs> to play? Don't we all?
0: <laughs> He's like, you won't regret it. I am I promise you the writer in you is going to be like,
1: ah. <laughs> right, right. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: And, then, and then one hour in, I was hooked.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was hooked just because I think the, the mission that I watched my friend play, you know, way back when was Tally's recruitment mission in Mass Effect mm-hmm. 2 on on the planet where you have to hide in the shade <laughs> um, and you're being, you know, attacked by the Geth. And I was just like, Oh, like she looks really interesting. She's not a forehead of the week alien. Like that looks really cool. What's that? And so I looked up Corians and Geth and that whole conflict, and I was like, "Wow, this is really cool. Like this kind of sounds BSG, but it sounds really cool." So I, I'm really interested in this.
0: If only that I bring up a Star Trek reference, they remind me of the brain, the helmet. Oh, and and Leia in the Boss helmet.
1: Oh, in the Bosch Hamlet? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, I just, I like the idea that that they thought about the biology um, and the quarians wear their suits because they have, you know, repressed immune systems um, because they just have weaker immune systems. And now that they live aboard starships, you know, their environments are so clean that their immune systems are absolutely shot. Um, so I just, you know, I thought that that was great writing that they that they thought that through like that.
0: So, we talked about how we have mixed feelings about Andromeda. That leads me <laughs> to my next, next piece of rumor that I heard over the last couple of days, Mass Effect 5.
1: Yeah, they did announce they are officially working on a new Mass Effect as well on N7 Day. Um, I don't know if they'll go back to Andromeda. I honestly don't know, and I don't know, like you know, I have an NDA um, surrounding um, the focus groups that I did with BioWare back in 2012, Um, but I have a feeling that Andromeda really kind of came out of a lot of those um, little focus group sessions, Um, but I haven't done anything like that since, so I don't really have any idea what they're going to be doing for the next Mass Effect. I I have a feeling it might not be andromeda but i don't really know because they kind of painted themselves into a corner with the end of mass effect 3 i'm not really sure what they could do in the milky way afterwards maybe they'll do a prequel first contact war everybody's always speculated about that but i just really i don't know i just don't know what they've got up their sleeve now
0: you know we could always see something else in a different galaxy because i don't think Mm -hmm. that everybody went to andromeda
1: Mm, yeah, maybe not. You know, we don't know what happened with the Quarian Ark and all that. But you know, we all we only knew that they had the resources to get to Andromeda. We don't know if they had the resources to get anywhere else. But I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, I'd really like, you know, maybe it's in Andromeda, but they're in a different cluster, or somewhere like on the opposite side of the galaxy or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I have no idea.
0: So. Uh, another thing I was thinking about the other day was story-wise with Mass Effect and Mm -hmm. I, I take this with with movies and television shows too I think to me what makes Mass Effect so appealing is specifically the trilogy and sort of kind of Andromeda is the the writing and the the multiple ways your story could go, just like a mm-hmm. KOTOR or a KOTOR 2, where, you know, you can have your different romances. You can choose the light or the dark side or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, kill them all.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you tell me, how how do you normally play through them? And what about just playing the game and just, you know... Kind of feeling your way with with what you want to do with the character, what it, it intrigues you about it.
1: Um, I'm kind of a goody two shoes, so like I like to play Paragon, uh, maybe a few Renegade interrupts here and there because it's like, look, you bastard! I'm trying to get information out of you. I'm going to cut your balls off and sell them to a Krogan. Um But <laughs> um, losing patience type thing. But like like I said, I'm kind of more of a goody two shoes, so I like to play the Paragon route be the big goddamn hero as Firefly fans would say. Um, and I just, I find it really fun to kind of be like, okay, you know, let's, let's be heroic. Let's, let's do the right thing. Let's, you know, save the galaxy, like big, big damn hero stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Um, And, uh, and that really kind of informs how I play my RPGs, uh, because, uh, not SWOT art, is the same thing. Like, I, I went full light side on that, um, that playthrough. And I did, I did do a dark side playthrough and I was like, oh no, I killed people. (laughs) That's horrible. Um, but I really like, um, and, and when I play Star Trek Adventures, my, my tabletop, um, my one of my characters became the captain of the ship and I was always very much like I had some, some crew members that were kind of a little more renegade and they were like, you know, let's just freaking blow them up. And I'm like, no, we are Starfleet. We are Federation. We are not going to do that. <laughs> you know? And, you know, I just want to, I always want to do the right thing for the right reasons.
0: So kind of to wrap it up without naming shepherd or Joker, <laughs> which character do you think you're most like
1: which character do i think i'm most like um in mass effect oh i think i'm probably most like Garrus um because i'm always trying to do the right thing maybe not always succeeding at doing it the right way um (laughs) and um and that 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 phrase he says in mass effect 2 he's like uh, gray i don 't know what to do with gray um, because i don 't really personally like operating in gray areas is very uncomfortable for me for me i'm i'm very much like black or white right or wrong um, and uh and I think Garris is the same way, and Garris is also one of those people that 's like extremely loyal and will always have your back and and I like to think that i 'm like that too so
0: i 'm going to double down on you and I also (laughs) think that I'm like Garris but as an older brother and like an older Mm -hmm. cousin I've always had that I gotta take care of everybody thing.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm an older I'm the oldest in my family so yeah.
0: (laughs) So I've always had that and I've always been now I may not have many friend friends but the, the friends that I do have say from like high school I've got two of them and they to me are more like family mm-hmm. they're 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 lifelong friends I, because you know you go through life and you got people that are just passing through and then you got the people who will always be with you and stick mm-hmm. with you through thick and thin and those two lovely human beings have stuck through some of the worst points of my life mm-hmm. so I uh, with them they're like, they're like my
1: family. They, right.
0: They're, they're my, they're my idiots. They're all my idiots.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I kind of, I take the Mandalorian view on it. It's like blood is more than fam or, or family is more than blood. Um, and uh, it's, you know, you can, I definitely take that, you know, with friends that I have and it's like, like if I have a friendship with you, I'm going to be loyal about it and I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you, you know, and you're going to be like my family um, because, you know, to me, that's, that's what it, that's what it should be.
0: Sky, one day I'm going to have you back and I want to talk <laughs> Star Wars with you because I haven't had anybody <laughs> talk Star Wars. With
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm all about Star Wars. Um, I'm... Very big on the Mandalorian um, and oh. Mandalorians in general. I'm not spoiling it. I'm not gonna spoil it. Um, I'm already having to keep my mouth shut for 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 people, but um, I love the Mandalorian. I love. Um, I mean, I liked even the sequel trilogy movies. Like, if they're kind of like Mass Effect three, though, if you pull a thread, they they kind of fall apart. But I did enjoy watching them, and I love. I like the prequels. I like lot. I love Star Wars. What can I say? It's a peaceful life. <laughs>
0: I, I will I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. I don't like the sequel trilogy, but I mm-hmm. know why I don't like the sequel trilogy.
1: <laughs> why don't you like the sequel trilogy?
0: Because they didn't have a plan in place. That's why. They,
1: no, they did not.
0: <laughs> they really I'm, did not. I mean, I mean, say what you will about the prequels. Mm-hmm. I think if they did something a little bit different, like start with Anakin in the middle of his training Mm -hmm. in episode 1 or show a little snippet of what we did get of Qui-Gon Jinn in episode 1 with Mm -hmm. them and then we show Anakin starting his training episode 2 further along and then we get all that dark Mm side-ness and then you know episode 3 is a masterpiece
1: episode 3 is great It like Revenge of the Sith is great Um, and, uh, I just, but I think the Mandalorian, uh, going back to the Mandalorian, um, just has a lot of the DNA of what made, um, the original trilogy so good, um, and what, and, and, and it knows what the audience wants. Like, The Mandalorian knows what it's about. It knows what, what Star Wars fandom wants. And it wants that, that OT feel. And so it's like, we're going to deliver that.
0: <laughs> more, more to the point on The Mandalorian. Because I've seen season one and I'm kind of waiting. I'm not sure whether I want to wait until all season two is out. Because I, I'm having a t- tough enough time to <laughs> avoiding everybody <laughs> right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I've got my cousin my my cousin and my brother who are like, Jamie, this is no. I don't want to hear it.
1: <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting.
0: <laughs> um but more to the point with John Favreau with The Mandalorian and then George Lucas mm-hmm. with those original six films, and even whoever's gonna do Obi Wan, which is what I'm really hoping for. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan yeah that that series is gonna happen it's gonna be a mini series but it's gonna happen
0: um they all they know they kind of is what my problem is with sequel the sequels you know mm. they they kind of arc. they really wrote out on storyboarding maybe that there's little deviations here or there due to logistics or whatever and and i've been there on a production um But, you know, you've got the story basically written and you're not, you're not pivoting every time to go, oh, this sounds like a cool idea. Let's go do that. No, that didn't work. Oh, let's pivot. Let's go do that. That sounds like a cool idea. (laughs) But that's what I feel like with the Mandalorian. Even, I don't know if you've watched it, you probably have because you are a Star Wars fan. (laughs) Clone Wars.
1: Yes, I loved,
0: loved Clone
1: Wars. Oh, Clone Wars is great. Like Clone Wars took what was good about the prequel trilogy and amplified it. I think, um, and uh, and really fleshed out the relationships between uh, the characters and especially between Anakin and Obi Wan, um, and fleshed out Anakin in a way that made him a lot more sympathetic. I think you know less of the whiny like kind of how he's portrayed in movies um and like i totally tell people that they need to watch clone wars before they watch revenge of the sith if they can
0: it's Mm -hmm. funny like somebody asked me before episode nine came out Mm -hmm. they they had never watched star wars before Mm -hmm. what way should i watch it and i I said such a
1: trick question
0: i said honestly i could tell you a bunch of things but the way I saw Star Wars was four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight. So uh, to me, that's the way to do it. But I've come to the realization that maybe I'll get your opinion on this. More mm-hmm. five, one, two, selected episodes of Clone Wars, three, <laughs> six, and then. I
1: like flashback order yeah yeah I usually I advocated for that before so many of the new ones came out um but I actually like to start people these days on Rogue One.
0: Ooh, I do like Rogue One I didn't even because
1: yeah because it it really establishes where everybody's at in A New Hope like if you watch Rogue One and A New Hope back to back it is amazing it is one of my favorite like movie experiences in Star Wars is watching Rogue one and then like fifteen minutes later watching a new hope it's and and it's so great because because Rogue one is a brand new like new production values new everything and then you you look at uh, a new hope, but you could they still feel very much in the same universe um and it's incredible, I think. So, like, I'll start people on Rogue One, and then I'll take them through four and five, and then I'll flash them back to the prequel trilogy, and then we'll go to six, and then yeah. seven, eight. Nine. But yeah,
0: I've, ne- I've never had that opportunity to do that to somebody yet, and you've just given me something to <laughs> do that I've never done before. Because every time that I've you know started a rewatch, for the mm-hmm. most part, I go. I go release order just because that's the Mm. way I watched it. And that's how I'm comfortable doing
1: that. Right. Well, and with new viewers, Rogue One is a better, I think, entry point because it's newer. Um, It doesn't suffer from, like, if you have someone who's just like, oh, I can't stand this old film, old school film, like, like pacing, you know, like it's a little bit more you know, the pacing's a little bit more manic in Rogue One, so, you know, if you have someone who's kind of more used to watching the big blockbuster movies of modern modern times, um, you know, you take them there, and then you take them to the original, um, and then they can kind of, they see the dichotomy, but they also, it also feels very continuous, um, continuous ap- across the universe um, of Star Wars, and, you know, you take you have this manic pace of, okay, these are these people. They're trying to get the Death Star plans, and they're part of the Rebel Alliance. And then everything slows down, as you go into Luke Skywalker's point of view, because he's just a farm boy, you know, and his life is slow. Uncle Owen, so I just want to go. I just want to go to. I just go to Station, station and pick, and pick up, up my power cow. converters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, and and it kind of you have this. This greater background going into a new hope that's really, really interesting.
0: I um now I gotta do that. Now I do it for
1: yourself. Do it for yourself and then do it for someone else. Like because I guarantee you, like when you do it for yourself, you're like, whoa, that's awesome. (laughs) I mean highly recommend it.
0: I I I get the feeling that somebody Someone out there, not me, because, you know, TV, movies, <laughs> right. video games. Somebody out there is probably going to cut the movies. Rogue One, episode four, episode five, one, two, <laughs> three, six, all together into the one big 18, 19 hours <laughs> extravaganza that it's supposed
1: to be. Right, right. One giant blockbuster, Like, they, they did that with um, when rise of skywalker came out like you could buy the ticket at the movie theater to like sit through all of that
0: i could i could not and
1: i'm like i don't think i could do that i would fall asleep because i'd be like oh comfy chair <laughs> I, I i i
0: we tried we tried so long. i think we tried before um the last jedi
1: to mm-hmm. watch
0: the seven movies beforehand <laughs> now i event i i watched all the movies um beforehand and i went one through seven that time Mm. but to get somebody that has never seen star wars like my Mm. my brother's girlfriend at the time she's like who is this little kid
1: right yeah that's where i think rogue one um is a great starting point because it's in the thick of the action but and the, But these characters, like, they're kind of a flash in the pan. Um, you don't need to know, like, any background on who they are or who they represent. You just, you know, the, the story tells itself throughout the movie. And then you get the, the broader context. Um, and I think Rogue One is really good about that. And, and when I was at my last job, when Rogue One came out, You know, there was this gal who was visiting from one of our uh, offices in Miami, and she was like, you know, like, I hear everybody talking about this new Star Wars movie. Like, can I watch it without um, knowing everything else about Star Wars? And I was just like, yes, absolutely, because I'd seen it at that point. I'm like, I was like, in fact, if that's your starting point, there's way worse starting points. I was like, start with that movie and then start with the originals. I was like because it really flows really well into those.
0: Not to mention we end on um, my favorite Disney princess.
1: <laughs> Hope.
0: <laughs> uh, Aww. I I will never ever love a a princess, a queen <laughs> like Carrie Fisher even at, at, at an old age. And don't get me wrong, I I love I love Natalie Portman. Mm -hmm. I do. And she was awesome for what they gave her. You can only Mm -hmm. elevate a script so much as (laughs) that.
1: Right. I mean, for me, it was the wardrobe. Like, her wardrobe was just awesome. Like, I'd never seen anything like it. I was obsessed with it when I was, you know, back when when all that was new.
0: I mean, like, as a kid, episode... One came out in 1999. I was 10 or 11 years old. I think she was like my third crush.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's amazing.
0: Second only behind Carrie Fisher and Baby Spice.
1: (laughs) Baby Spice. Nice. (laughs) Nice.
0: Hey, I can date myself.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh
0: but I've taken up like so much of your time, and I thank you so much for joining me. If anybody wants if anybody wants to get uh, in touch with you to talk Star Wars, Mass Effect, Star Trek, talk about costuming for the Fiveblo first, <laughs> where can they find you?
1: Um they can find me on Twitter. I am at Sky Voss Normandy um, on Twitter, and uh, that's my handle so come and find me
0: <laughs> sky i've had so much fun talking to you don't you worry you will be coming back at some point okay
1: all right it was good to good to be here thanks jamie
0: so sky and i had a an amazing time talking about mass effect the bioware games and then eventually we kind of spun off into doing a star wars podcast unbeknownst to us at the end but um Sky will be coming back at some point. I just got to schedule her, her, and uh, I want to thank her again for such an awesome interview. And if you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can get it anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Anchor, Google, basically everywhere. And if you want to, you know, write and say how much you love us, how much you hate us, um, you can find us on Facebook at FezTalks-Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FezTalks. And of course if you want to find us the old fashioned way, and write us an email. Fez talks at gmail.com. Until next time my podcast listeners